Welcome to Red, White, and Brown, the podcast that discusses the interesting upbringing of Desi American immigrants and what happens when the Eastern culture meets the Western world. I'm Prerak. And I'm Sophia. And today we're going to be talking about the popular Netflix show, Indian Matchmaking. All right. (laughs) At this point, most of you have likely watched the show, but if not, I recommend skipping this episode until after you've watched, since there will be spoilers. And if you don't plan to watch, the show features a matchmaker from Mumbai and several singles from India and from the U.S. who go through the matchmaking process using her services. So we'll start by discussing our initial thoughts, transition to common critiques and public reception of the show, and then we'll end by discussing what could have been done differently. So Prirak, let's just start by sharing our initial thoughts on the show when we first watched it. What did you think? Yeah, that's a great place to start. I actually thought when I watched the first few episodes that this was almost like a satire slash hyperbole slash overly exaggerated representation of brown culture based on the first few episodes because it's almost like we saw a few outliers of the Desi community and like the rest of the world was getting these insights, but purely through these outliers. Like for example, Aparna, who's one of the people in the show, was a very strong personality and a lawyer, and she was one side of the spectrum. And then on the other side were these people who were endogenously from India, but they were also like very well off and very mm-hmm. rich. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was like just interesting to see because none of these people in my eyes, there were a few here and there, but like most of them were not average, so to oh, speak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Pradyuman's closet is not like what the average Indian has. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just thought it was like a, it was an over, it was an over exaggeration of these particular individuals. But at the end of the day, it was trying to get at this matchmaking process, which is pretty much largely how brown culture has gone about finding significant others. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I thought there were some good morals. What about you, Sophia? What did you think? So my initial thoughts were that the show is really catering to a Western audience more so than a Desi audience. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like Netflix really tried to make the characters or Seema's clients, I guess they're playing themselves, so I don't even know if characters is the right word, but (laughs) Netflix definitely tried to make them seem as crazy as possible, right? Because that's what makes good TV. Good reality TV Mm -hmm. specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like Aparna, for example, they probably had hundreds of hours of B-roll, and they chose the clips that made her seem the most picky and the most stubborn and the most arrogant, right? (laughs) Totally. So, you know, she's in real life, she's probably a normal person, but... Um, just the way that Netflix portrayed it, I think, um, you know, and I think there's a version of that with all the characters, but in a way that makes all of the women seem kind of picky and stubborn, uh, maybe except for Nadia, she was portrayed in a positive light. Nadia, and then, Nadia was the, like the superhero, I think. Yeah, She definitely. was like, you know, they used her to be like this really nice, like what women should be like, fun, the I- friendly. Ideal. Yeah, the ideal. And then, but I think the way that they portray the men in the show seems like very positive and they all seem like reasonable and sweet and um you know so there's some gendered aspect to like the way that the characters are portrayed absolutely i thought i thought the upper thing was right on i think we're definitely going to talk more about that because Mm -hmm. they clearly wanted her to be portrayed in a certain way Um, but one thing i did want to talk about was the show as i mentioned earlier definitely highlighted some big morales in Desi culture and specifically problems in Desi culture Mm -hmm. with this matchmaking process, right? There's obviously the sexism aspect that you already alluded to and the fact that men in our culture are, you know, not really able to take care of themselves. 
<laughs> which yeah. is, you know, somewhat actually maybe even true, but I think it's a little problematic that they're kind of putting that on full display and making all these assumptions. Like Akshay's mom, Akshay is again another guy in the show. Akshay's mom does like everything for him. I don't know how old yeah. this guy was, but like his mom definitely washes his clothes for him. <laughs> his mom does absolutely everything. And so that was just one example, but there was also a bunch of other other themes in here. So there was classism, right? There was always this aspect of making sure that the person that you're matching with is in the same class as you. Mm-hmm. There was shadism, uh, which I'm sure you picked up on, right? Like, oh, I want my partner to be fair, quote unquote, which for anyone who may not know what fair is, it's just like White, White essentially, yeah. right? And so there was all of those themes. And then basically, it's interesting that all of those came together in this like resume that people were building for their son or daughter, which was like, I want a, I want a child who's from this class, who's fair, um, who's this certain height. Like, for example, Akshay's mom says like, five foot three is the minimum height uh, Mm -hmm. that she would want for Akshay, right? Like Akshay isn't even saying this. His mom (laughs) is saying it. Um, So all these superficial things come out during this process. And there's this emphasis on also being married by a certain age, which I think is just crazy. But I think it's present in every culture, but even more so in Desi culture. Like, I don't know about you because you're married, but I (laughs) have yet to have a conversation now when I'm 26 but with any brown person, I have yet to have a single conversation without them bringing up like, so when are you going to get married? You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's definitely not a single day goes by when I, when I can get away without talking about that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, we were joking about it before the show, like that. I feel like when you're in your early twenties, that's just like such a theme and it's really uh, what everyone is thinking about. Like, if there's a 20-something-year-old Daisy person, it's like, you may as well tattoo on their forehead, like, eligible bachelor. Bachelor, bachelorette. Bachelorette, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think most people who've seen the show would agree that whether intentionally or not, the show really highlights a lot of the negative things about Daisy culture. And, like, I think that is part of the reason that the show has received so much criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common of which seems to be around sexism. And overall, I think Seema definitely views the men and the women differently, and that comes through in the show. I mean, absolutely, right? Because I feel like she's a brown woman brought up mm-hmm. in, in India. Yeah. <laughs> and like, as someone who's dealt with my mom, this is like a brown woman brought up in India, and these inherent aspects of sexism are almost a part of her personality because the society there literally is like teaching these women like this is how you are and that's Mm -hmm. just the way it is so yeah what do you mean by like this 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 seem of kind of being um, like viewing men and women differently exactly so i think there seems to be a baseline assumption in the show that men have sort of the upper hand and they are the more valuable party in a relationship totally right we see that akshay rejected so many women uh, Pradyuman rejected so many. He apparently in the show, I think they mentioned, got over a hundred rishas, and he's rejecting like over a hundred girls. I think that was even before the show began. I wow. remember like Seema brought that up as like the prequel. Like, dude, prequel. I've shown this guy hundreds of girls, so I'm hoping th- something sticks now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like Seema is just accommodating these men, mm-hmm. not really telling them, "Hey, you need to lower your expectations. You need to compromise. You need to adjust." Mm-hmm. But then when the women don't love you know the first or second person she sets them on a date with 
then she tells them like they need to compromise, right? So yeah. the underlying assumption there is that a woman just needs to like accept any guy because she needs a man mm-hmm. more than a man needs a woman, right? Yeah. Basically, it's the man can be picky because he doesn't need a woman, but yeah. a woman needs a man, so she has to compromise. And that is seen with every single character in every episode, really. Yeah. Um, and there's a commodification of women that we see also, right? In the episode where Aksha's mom, you know, she says after the Roka ceremony, she's like, now the girl is ours. Like, it sounds like they are trading cattle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to play a little bit of devil's advocate, I do agree with you that um, Seema definitely gave a harder time to the women, but I will say she definitely also pushed back on Akshay and, and Pradum, Praduman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name. But point being, I think she pushed back on them after like hundreds of proposals, right? It wasn't yeah. just after like three or four, because with Akshay, I literally remember while I was watching the show, like this guy was pissing me off with like his lack of indecisiveness, with like his inability to make a choice, and the fact that he's being shown like hundreds of women, and this guy still was just like, uh, I don't know. And same with the uh, pro- same with Pradumam. They did the same thing. They were shown so many women, and even I, as an audience member, got annoyed. And that's when I saw Seema pushing back, almost because she needed to for the show to be like relatable. Because if she didn't, we'd just be like, "Dude, we're annoyed with this guy. How are you not saying anything?" Yeah. As opposed to like Upper now, she saw like four guys, and then she was like, "I don't like many of them." And Seema was like, "Oh, you need to like understand. Like, you need to compromise way more." And she actually did the same with. I think maybe even Ankita too, yeah, uh, the woman definitely. who had the business. And so I just thought it was it was interesting that there was clearly a difference in number. So I guess the other caveat we have to make here, of course, is that a lot of the criticism is coming from people who are more educated, right? Like, so obviously me mm-hmm. and you who have had the privilege to live in a country where we have been able to see like men and women. Both do, pursuing. Yeah, yeah you can do whatever you want. Men and women can be equally successful. We, we're privileged enough to live in this society and therefore be privileged enough to be in the shoes where we can make this critique of mm-hmm. this show. As opposed to people who, like my mom, right, who maybe were brought up in India entirely and it's almost a part of their identity and they almost have trouble understanding like, oh, well, like this is not how things are because they were living in this environment for much of their life. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see the label from inside the jar, right? When you're living in that society and that is the culture, it becomes difficult to view it like almost from a meta perspective and like see the flaws in the thinking. Absolutely. So even our critiques and the critiques that we're hearing are coming from a place of privilege. So we do want to make sure all of the viewers know that. I totally agree. Um, I feel like, yeah, as someone who does have, you know, a career ahead of her, like I can criticize that and say, oh, that's wrong. Like some of the things that, for example, like Akshay and his mom were saying, um, I don't agree with, but for a woman who like has no education or doesn't really have a career ahead of her, yeah, like th- I can see that they would watch the show and just think, yeah, like this is how things are, you know, like a woman like will have to stay home and fulfill that traditional homemaker role. So it's uh, definitely just whatever perspective you're watching the show from. And statistically speaking, women in, in South Asia tend to be more likely to not have an education. Oh, yeah, right? of like They're more likely to not pursue a higher level of education, at least compared to here. And mm-hmm. therefore, just statistically speaking, it just ends up being that this is the way the beliefs end up being framed, right? Absolutely. Another issue that I had with the show personally was that I felt, and we, we already hit on this, I felt like they picked characters to fit preconceived notions. And this, again, is reality TV, right? Mm-hmm. And in every reality TV, I'm a huge Survivor fan. So for anyone who watches reality TV, Survivor is where they take 36 people and shove them on an island and they're like, survive. Mm-hmm. 
And almost inevitably, they will pick one or two characters every season to take the role of like a villain and one or two to take the role of like the hero or like the, the goddess who saves the planet. And in this case, Upperna was like t- chosen to be the one who takes the role of like the evil, hard mm-hmm. to work with. Like this person is like someone you shouldn't like that much. On the other hand, Vyasar is like the guy who's like the guidance counselor and he was chosen as the guy who was like supposed to be the one giving optimism to people and like mm-hmm. being the one providing relief. Yeah, so Nadia too, I think. Nadia as well, actually. Exactly. So they were like both of the happy-go-lucky people. And I felt like that was that was Netflix trying to show like, oh guys, this is the entertainment part of the show. This is the reality mm-hmm. TV part. And um, I felt like if you didn't realize that, you almost fell into the trap of being like, wow, Aparna is like annoying. When in reality, Sophie, I think you were the one who pointed out, on paper, Aparna is like the most accomplished woman on the show. Like she's, she's a badass lawyer. She like went to Rice University. She's super accomplished. And yet they chose her to fill this like yeah, yeah, this bat, like, villain-type role. It's funny because it just depends on what you value, right? Like, if you value being happy-go-lucky and cheerful very highly, then, like, Nadia and Vyasa are going to be the best characters. No. If you value professional accomplishment, then Vyasa is not, you know, the hero yeah. here. He's not, like, objectively speaking, a lot of the women on this show we're much more accomplished in terms of, like, their professional lives. Absolutely. But if you're watching this show from, like, that Sima Mami perspective of, like, you know, career is one thing, but, like, are you likable? Are you cheerful? Are you happy-go-lucky? Yeah. Then, you know, it just depends on what you value. But Absolutely. I mean, I feel like a lot of reality shows do what you mentioned just, you know, for the purpose of TV and, like, I feel like it's kind of on us as viewers to see through that. Yeah, and that's um, that's one of the reasons we're making this podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I wanted to now uh, shift to the public reception of the show and how it was received in uh, both the U.S. and India. But um, so I was listening to the Bombay Boys podcast, which if from the name you can tell it is two guys in Bombay Um, and according to that it sounds like the show was really popular in India um, and that people viewed it mostly as comedy Um, oh interesting which I think kind of makes sense right because if you're living in a society where matchmaking is common then like having a show on matchmaking or like a documentary on matchmaking doesn't really make a ton of sense. Not to mention, I feel like the, again, as we said earlier, the things that were on the matchmaking were like extremes, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is not indicative of the matchmaking process for like a general public, general desi dude in India. Right. Right. So like people watching it in India, it sounds like they just viewed it as comedy and like my in-laws found it funny. I think, um, just people that I know, in India and like from social media it seems like everyone in the subcontinent just thinks it's like comedy they found the astrologer guy funny they found Seema funny they're just like making fun of everyone on the show pretty much so what did you think about the western perception then yeah I think here like in the US people were definitely intrigued and I think that was the purpose of the show right Mm -hmm. like I have heard about Indian matchmaking on other podcasts like the Betches podcast which is really famous and like um it's just a huge like media like i don't know media media company yeah so 
and just like people that I know in real life and like people out on the streets I've heard talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think people in the US found it very entertaining and like very intriguing, right? Because this is something that's new to them and they're watching it from the perspective of not knowing anything about matchmaking or like the desi way of doing things. Yeah. So there were definitely issues with the show, but I think you're right in the fact that it got people talking, right? Mm-hmm. So in India, it was definitely received as maybe a bit more comedy, and but I'm sure it got people talking about like, mm-hmm. yo, this kind of stuff is weird. They t- certain things about it, and then in the Western culture, it got people talking about like, it was oh, sit, like sensational, exactly like, in the West. Yeah, yeah, what what is this? So I mean, of course, there's definitely aspects like the sexism that make. Daisy society look pretty regressive, right? And as a mm-hmm. from the perspective of a non Daisy person, like if I was like a, a white dude watching this show, I was almost thinking like they would just view us as like dumbasses, you know? Like it was mm-hmm. just like some of the stuff on there. Um, like the astrology. The astrology especially, I just thought it was ridiculous. It's made it made us look a lot more crazy. When in reality, astrology is actually a pretty heavily followed science. Uh, but I think the problem was on the show the way it was portrayed was different, right? So you go into the astrologer right away, the music changes into this like ominous music that is mm-hmm. like almost like Aladdin. Like it was like a cartoony. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this is this is serious. It was more like, ha ha ha, like we're going to try to do this thing that like is weird. Um, and then similarly, the astrologer himself was talking in like absolutes, like this will happen, almost like a genie, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of referring back to the Aladdin metaphor. Yeah. So again, I think in reality, Astrology, one of my best friend's dads is one of my best friend's dad is actually a huge astrologer and does this stuff and it's actually a pretty serious thing for him. Mm -hmm. But I felt like the way it was portrayed in the show is like almost like chump change, you know, like this is ridiculous. Yeah, I definitely think the show kind of makes it look like Indian society believes in magic, basically. When in reality, astrology is not necessarily like there is actually a fundamental science behind it, but I think the way it was portrayed was definitely not that. I agree, but I also think that, I mean, I have not had any experience with astrology because my family is Muslim, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that people probably use it not as like an absolute like decision maker the way it was portrayed in the show. No, definitely not. It's probably just like something you consult, um, but I don't think that people... Or I don't think that most people let it govern and guide all their important decisions. I don't think so. I would agree with you. Right? Like, if I don't think it's like, oh, this guy said no, so I can't marry this person. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. But again, I don't know, because I have not really had a lot of experience with it. Absolutely. But I think that all of that is kind of what adds to the sensationalism and, like, makes the show so intriguing and popular among non-desis. But I kind of feel like Netflix, you know, did that at the expense of making Desi society look irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's then, always the two sides of the coin, right? Like as we said, Netflix wants this show to be a hit, and but it also wants to start a discussion on certain. Maybe Netflix doesn't, but Indian matchmaking does. But Netflix wants to get viewership, so there's exactly. always this this dichotomy that you have to learn to balance. Exactly, exactly. Now I want to ask you, what would you do differently if you are producing the show? So overall, again, I thought this was a great series, not because of the way it portrayed particular things, but because it got a discussion going about particular things that I find insightful, right? So particularly about the matchmaking process, how it works, how does it, what is so insightful about it. Um, and it also provided a great insight into taboo topics in Indian slash Desi culture, mm-hmm. for example, like divorce. Yeah. Um, 
it's almost like that thing that no Daisy wants to talk about when in reality it's like something that is looked down upon in our culture. Yeah. It's something that's horrible, shouldn't happen. And there's a stigma associated with it. And this show brought that to the forefront. It made it yeah. very evident. And it was like, yo, this is a thing. And I thought that was great. Because I was like, yo, we all knew this was a thing. But I'm glad now there's something that's being watched by millions of people that made it very explicit. However, I do wish that there were some happy endings in this show. I think that was my biggest thing that I would have tried to do differently. Because again, matchmaking is not like this new thing. It's been going on in India and in South Asia for generations like mm-hmm. my grandparents were match made pretty yeah much. i'm sure mine were too yeah, yeah and and they're a very good marriage both of my grandparents were like phenomenal marriages they're still together they they look out for each other and they're probably like who i would want to aspire to be when i grow old that sort of couple mm-hmm. so matchmaking works so i thought that you know this show sensationalized matchmaking it made it seem so weird in that like the astrologers and the different personalities that I was hoping that the end of the thing would be a moral. Like, yeah, there's all this craziness that goes into this process, but it works. Uh, when in reality, unfortunately, the show actually didn't have any matches that were made. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would have been better to show like, oh, there's all this like weird stuff that everyone else might think is odd. But hey, guys, this is like a thing that works for the basic community and, and respect it, you know? Um, yeah. So that's something that I personally was hoping would happen, but didn't. And I'm hoping that maybe it'll change in season two. Yeah. But what, what about you, Sophia? What would you have done differently? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with your points. Let me just say. Um, and then I think what I would do differently, well, so there's this other show, it's called Made in Heaven, and it's about weddings, it's an excellent show, and it Is it about white people? No, 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 it's, uh, about Daisy people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you should watch it, it's really good. So, it highlights a lot of the negative things about Daisy culture, such as, like, sexism and, you know, classism and stuff, but it kind of does it in a way where the main characters in the show are against those things. Oh, okay. So, like, the main characters are not the one perpetuating, you know, the discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if instead of Seema, mommy, whatever, they had, like, a Seema matchmaker. <laughs> yeah, Seema I, auntie. <laughs> no, that's how she, like, introduces herself. Like, no one better call her Seema. She wants to be referred to as, like, Seema mommy, Seema auntie. Oh, interesting. Seema from Mumbai. Like, no one just calls her Seema. <laughs> I love how she's, like, from Mumbai. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but I feel like if instead of her, they had someone who was more progressive and who could actually, like, call out the people or their parents when they said sexist things, that would be kind of interesting. That would be awesome. I like that. Yeah. Like, if when Akshay's mom was giving parameters for the bride, like, oh, she must be 5'3", there could have been a discussion of, like, why do you need this? Why are you judging based on height when, like, there are so many more important factors in compatibility, right? Absolutely. Um, so I feel like there was a way for the matchmaker to not be perpetuating the negative parts of our society, and instead of, like, doing what Seema did, kind of delving deeper into, like, why do those things exist and, like, allowing viewers to see how backwards a lot of these things are and, like, allowing viewers to challenge their own assumptions. But, you know, Indian matchmaking did not really do that. So that's, I mean, that's still fascinating, and I hope someone from that team, from the Indian matchmaking team, maybe listens to this episode. And, and this, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a season two, and I'm, I'm hoping they'll make some positive changes because it was a very good show uh, yeah. in, in terms of getting the discussion going. Well, if we want anyone from Indian Matchmaking to listen to this, then we need you guys to <laughs> please rate and review, subscribe, five stars, um, and share with friends, screenshot 
share this on Insta story. Um, you guys are our marketing department, so we need you to share if you want us to continue making this. That was a pretty solid segue to end the show, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna try to segue, but Sophia was like, I got this one. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. Uh, I think this brings us to the end of the episode. And as Sophia said, rate, subscribe, um, and we hope that we can uh, continue to make more episodes for you guys in the future. Yeah, so we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.